News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. And I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkHookMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, wishing a belated happy birthday to Joseph Bell, the inspiration for Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. Elementary. Dr. Bell. Indeed. <laughs> That's Dr. Bell to you, Max. Yeah, I mean, if I'm correct, Alan, I thought that the inspiration for Sherlock Holmes was an actual doctor that's, that uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle studied under. Well, and uh, his mannerisms and the way he approached problem solving were a lot like what became Sherlock Holmes, uh, right? So. A lot of famous characters got their quirks from real people. Yeah. So this doctor was really meticulous. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of the domino effect doctor. He would look at you and kind of go, yeah. your, your right hand, you know, you've got a curled finger, so I know you were a craftsman your whole life because now you've got tendon right. problems. Right. I mean, he just, he was a good study of people around him. And uh, Doyle picked that baby up and ran with it like a five-year-old with a new pair of scissors. There you go, folks. Never, never, you know, always pay attention to those around you. They may and always run with scissors. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to weigh in on this and, and, and talk about Sherlock Holmes today, Ooh, I don't yeah. know if that has anything to do with, with home improvement. Although, many times in home improvement, you have to be kind of a detective, Alan. We've seen that. Oh, you and I spend detection. a lot of time trying to figure out, and how did this happen? Exactly. So, uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, we also invite you to go to the uh, to uh, Tool Talk Radio on Facebook. I've already posted our must-have item of the week, which uh, it's funny. It, it, it's a pretty simple item, but mm. you and I wound up getting a lot. We, we had a pretty big discussion <laughs> about it off air, so we'll oh, see if it, uh, it is very, very useful. Okay, coming in at some point today. This is uh, Alan. I already know today's going to be a weird day. Mm. It's okay. What is it? About seventy-five degrees outside. Oh, We're yes. in the beginning of December. Somebody's getting some storms. I mean, we know that. Yeah, Hopefully, everybody it's... stays safe. But uh, I walked in. I walked in, and um, I'm always the first one here. Except today, I get here, and Larry Brown is next door with a ditch in mm -hmm. the studio working on their new ads. I'm like, when has Larry ever gotten here before nine? So um, I, I don't know. Apparently, uh, when inspired by Ditch, not okay. us. <laughs> so Larry Brown is going to be coming in at some point. We mm. don't know when. He's just going to materialize, and we'll throw him on. So, that but sounds uh, like a if, plan. If you've got any HVAC questions, uh, this is the day to call. You know, or clean air. We always mm. talk about oh, clean yeah. air. Um, Alan, in great moments in building history, it's. I don't know if Larry wants in on this action or not, but. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Hindenburg and Zeppelins, right? I guess mm -hmm. combination. How did we come Dirigibles. up with this one? This one, you and Max sort of spearheaded. This is well, this, Max has been rubbing his hands together all morning. So, I mean, I mean, any excuse to talk about a big Zeppelin? Well, I thought it was like gas, and I mean, the double entendres are going to be flying. No, that's right? you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the, the trick is there's a lot of technology that was developed at this time, right? That shows up today in very unusual places. Okay. All right. Well, that, I think we can make a we can make the crossover. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got an interesting roundtable discussion all about Christmas tool shopping, and this one I hope Larry's oh. going to weigh in on because uh, uh, I, I'm not going to tease too much, but I think you're going to want to get in on this conversation, folks. Um, and, uh, Alan, if we have time, Alan's week in review 
it, it involves HVAC, right? <laughs> yes, it does. And I, maybe we can trigger Larry, get some material out just, of it for that. Just any excuse, please, for me to press the button. <laughs> exactly. We've got uh, we've got lots of other stuff. Trust me, folks. We got more than we will ever get to. So I'm I'm going to quit teasing it. And uh, before we get to any of that, though, guys, we've got a a, a very suspicious text line question. I am I am highly dubious of this, Alan. <laughs> And, and well, you can understand why after, wow, okay. after I read this. But I figured, it, you know, it might be good for, you know, we we deal with a, a lot of, we, we we are a very holistic uh, show when it comes to home improvement. Let's just put Ooh, it are that you? way. Okay. Yep, yep. Hey, guys, my husband is a procrastinator when it comes mm. to repairing things around the house. Okay. <laughs> I don't like to be a nagging wife, but sometimes I lose my patience and I do it anyway. I want to keep a happy home. But I also don't want it falling apart. Please give me some advice on good non-nagging ways to motivate him. Thanks, Kathy. You know my wife's name is Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> you know I that's wasn't clue number say one. That. Perhaps I, I can find new that. ways to motivate. Him. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was like, wait a minute, what are we getting here? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're getting set up is what this is. Well, I, I, um, I came up with many. Uh, I have a pretty long answer. I've got some do's and don'ts here. All right, but, go for it. Okay, uh, this to be, uh, Kathy, whoever you are, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good, okay, okay, Here here's here's number one. This is a good opportunity for some passive-aggressive gift-giving of mm. tools. You know what I'm saying, mm. Alan? You know, mm. go to go to the, your big box store. I don't, I don't know what the uh, repairs might that might be needed are, but... Suddenly, it's like you know, hey, uh, hey, honey, here's this brand new uh, plunger or this brand new such and such or this brand mm. new whatever. Hint, and hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Without saying what the right. you know what it's for, you know, I don't know. I I like passive aggressive. I think passive aggressive can be done a lot better than than people are doing it now. Mm. You, you, the idea is to make them think it's their idea, right? I mean, so anyway, here's another one that you'll probably agree with. Alan. What do, what do you think of this? Uh, a reward, creative reward system. Which is basically bribery. Does that work for you when you, you know, when something you don't want to do, you know? Well, it's needless to say that I am food motivated. Okay. You know, so <laughs> it's a, Yeah, but you're the one that, um, that makes the food, so yeah, well, that doesn't know, it's, work. It's one of those things of, you know, I think it's more about effective communication. Okay. Of when somebody comes to you and goes, you know that toilet downstairs has been running for three months. <laughs> Well, yeah. obviously I didn't. Okay. And it's also when you tell this person. Yeah. Because I've noticed, especially in families, mm -hmm. people want to tell you stuff as you're coming down the stairs with two armloads of laundry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, the squeaky duck quit squeaking. Right. Well, you know, I, and I'm, I'm going to look at this and look at people and go, you know, I, I have the memory of a goldfish. Well, By the time true. I get down the stairs and I get to the laundry and I get the baskets put down and I, whatever was told to me has left. I thought the demands are also made when the when the husband um, walks through the door after a long day of work. Right, right. It's it's all about timing. Don't give it to him or don't give it to him right before bed. Well, and or I'm just, not yeah. picking on just the husband. It goes both ways. That's true. This 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 the, the communication ship uh has to sail the proper direction. Well, hey, you just you just led me into uh rule number three. Here here's my okay, this we're gonna call this the nuclear option. <laughs> I wrote it down, Alan, because oh, I didn't want to forget it because I was working on this last okay. Here's mine. Uh 
attempt the repair yourself, but purposely do it badly, causing more damage than mm. what you started with. This approach is a set, is especially effective when it comes to plumbing problems. Yeah, here's um, here's what it, this tactic will have a three pronged <laughs> result. Tell me if you agree with my conclusion here, Alan. One, Ooh. even if he isn't pleased with your workmanship, he will still nevertheless feel a grudging admiration for you for taking the initiative, thus maintaining the aura of peace that you seek. You think mm, that's accurate? Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna meh on that one. Two. He will now be forced to take action immediately and make the repair since it has now reached critical mass. That's mm, you can't argue with that. That, that one does happen. Or you're about to pay a plumbing bill. Three. Henceforth, you will never again be asked to help with repair duties for the remainder of your marriage. It's um, it's like the guy that that burns you know that pours a half a gallon of bleach in the laundry purposely so that he's right. never asked to do the laundry again right or and it usually means your <laughs> the, the life of your marriage is about the next six months so so you don't like these this advice at all so no. not not terribly now i am a fan of do it yourself okay so what is i that? am a big fan of do it yourself because um and this goes both ways all right i am not being gender specific at all yeah, you're but really afraid of going in the doghouse, aren't you? Well, no, because I work with way too many 30- and 40-year-old women that have just totally taken control of their house. Well, that's true. And yeah. I, you know, it just, it's a, kind of the state of today of there are a lot of people that are really good at video games and know nothing about screwdrivers. Mm. Male or female. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that, shockingly to me, don't know anything about a kitchen. Yeah, like uh, so me. Yeah. I, <laughs> right. I wasn't looking at you when I said that. Of so I am I'm kind of a big fan of let's see if let's let's do a little deductive reasoning here and go the handle's loose on the drawer. There is absolutely no reason to turn this into a of uh, debate. In marital bliss. I don't think we're talking about those kind of... Pro that's a yeah, small no, project. No, no. Yeah. I'm talking about a, a gaping hole in the ceiling or... Uh, right, well, you know. everybody knows about the gaping hole. That is generally when you wind up on the... My DIY failed show. Okay. On TV someplace. Yeah. Generally what I find, the things that make people the craziest is the stuck drawer, the handle, the... Well, we need a new we need a new cover on the light socket with little stuff yeah. that makes people crazy that quite frankly did not need to become a federal case. Hmm. Okay. I don't know, Alan. You're really dodging my uh you know, I wanted to go into the breach and just well, we haven't answered our question yet. What's a non-nagging way? I think bribery's good. I like I also, bribery. Bribery I also is think, always good. Okay, here's here's what would work for me, I'll be honest. Go ahead, Max. My question is is like if you're someone who's familiar with these sorts of tactics and everything, how are you going to take it when you know that you're being manipulated? Well, I mean, that's welcome to marriage, Max. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. It's just oh, some you people have are so much to look forward to, young man. Some people are better at it than others. So, mm. I mean, for example, one thing that never worked for me, and my wife learned now that to not even bother when she goes uh, there, if there was something wrong, and she's like, "Hey, where do, where do you keep your tools?" And I'm like, "Well, wait." Why do you want to know? You know, those are my two. And, well, I'm I'm just really tired of that little uh, thing upstairs. I'm just going to go ahead and try to fix it myself. And when she did that, it irritated me. It did get me to go fix mm. it immediately, but there was resentment. And I, because I knew she wasn't serious. I knew she was not going to go fix it. It was really just a, 
a very mm-hmm. unsophisticated form of nagging. Or However, something. So, it worked. Yeah, yes. but I think there's better. Yeah, but it, it it doesn't give you that bliss and harmony that people are talking about. You know that she's talking oh. about here. So it's like I I think I think maybe Kathy needs to change her attitude a little bit. Maybe it's something that you uh uh maybe well, the the tr- the trick is why don't you motivate yourself, learn how to fix it yourself, and and that might spark your husband. Go wait a minute. I need to keep up with my wife or something. and Or yeah. plan, actually plan. Put it in a, a calendar. We're going to, on Saturday afternoon, we're going to go wander through the house, and we are going to spend the next hour together going through these things. Forget about romantic okay. dinners. How about the romance of, um, uh, you know, going around the house and fixing things? All right. Well, All right. I, you know, Alan, I hate to admit, you you just came up with the answer. Go ahead. I, I 100% right. agree. I, I, I'm going to throw in, nobody knows the the definition of the word happiness. Um, nobody really does. That's, nobody that's really true. Does. However, peace, you know, I but, do know the definition of irritation. Yeah. And the definition of irritation is things not working well. Mm-hmm. So when that light switch doesn't work quite as well as it should or that drawer sticks, or that just frustrates the bejesus out of people. Yeah. And I think if you and your betrothed would get together and together go tackle these little little projects, whichever one of you doesn't know how to do it mm-hmm. can learn. And you, it's something you can accomplish together. So, Max, I'm going to look, you, look at you and say, instead of the romantic dinner, how about that drawer doesn't squeak anymore? The, the drawer uh, closes smoothly. The uh, light turns on the way it should. And you can sit down and have a celebratory dinner at how awesome you were at fixing stuff. Well, together. And, and, together. And what I like about your approach here, Alan, and it really, man, I, I hate to... You know, I put all this work into it, and none of my answers are really actually feasible or probably going to work. You're going to get killed. But your one, what I like about it is basically I think one thing everybody's guilty of, everybody that's, you know, in this busy world is time management. Yes. It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, I got to go fix that, and I'll get to it at some point. You you never never will. will. You literally never will. But Mm -mm. if you say on Saturday at 3 o'clock from 3 to 8, we are just going to fix things around the house and – we're, we're, we're blocking out that time. And, 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 tell and you work Edna, on it together. We're not coming over. Tell her not to bring right. the cat. We're not doing it. You have to we schedule gotta, it. You got to have a little time with. And I'm going to say. And when it's over, we're going to go out to our favorite restaurant bingo. and eat. And we're going to celebrate. Yes. Right. I think that's a good approach. Okay. Well, Kathy, uh, whoever you are, I hope that's that's helpful. I don't that's know. That's some bribery there. Okay. I, I think that's actually pretty good. I still like my, my answer, though, of purposely. <laughs> doing the job badly and mm. uh you know just <laughs> i think there's i, I, I would like to know so what much think. money off of that tactic over the years i can't tell you if you came home and you and your wife's under the car and she's like you know hon, i i really just wanted to attempt to fix my own transmission or something wouldn't you admire that i look at her and go deuces <laughs> have a good time <laughs> I'm going to go cook dinner. What do you want for dinner? Okay. Yeah. You, you got a weird house, Alan. You, yours does, <laughs> Alan's house doesn't count. So, all right, Alan, since, as I said, Larry's next door doing something, he's in the recording studio with, um, with a ditch doing something. So he's going to drop in at any moment. So we're doing things, um, a little out of order, Max. So, um, we've got, uh, we've got to get to our must have item of the week. 
I don't know if I gave him time to cue that music. So I don't anyway, I've been waving it for three minutes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I didn't prepare him. But anyway, uh, Alan, tell people what I am holding up. You so. are holding up a professional quad pad, better known as graph paper. People are like, wow, whoop de doo a packet of graph paper. Oh, well, it's, you know. There is a huge whoop de doo to that stuff. I'm telling you, these are those things that you don't think about. But graph paper, I think we all used it at school, right? So, I mean, I would hope so. Well, I don't know. Max, it, did you guys even have paper when you were in school? Yes. <laughs> hey, I was in the period where they were transitioning to smart boards. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we never had iPads in school or anything. Okay. Well, but, but graph paper is right, hugely... We, we wrote in coal on the back of shovels when I was in school. So, yeah, you know. exactly. So, but uh, Alan, you know, graph paper, basically, it's, oh. a, it's a bunch of squares on a paper and you make you know i i like it because it's it's a quick way to scale things like for example because a lot of times when we draw something or when we have to visualize something we don't always have it in scale Mm -mm. you know well and the big thing we have a little axiom that you you know you and i have little little nursery rhymes we tell ourselves all day long like righty tighty lefty loosey yeah or of Cut, measure twice, cut once. Mm-hmm. All right, graph paper means let's go move the furniture on paper before we sweat and grunt for six hours dragging the couch all over the house. Bingo. Um, where do we want to put that fire pit? Yeah. Is that tree too close to the house? Mm. My biggie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my biggie. Yeah. Get you some graph paper, decide that every square is a foot. Right. And you know what? You could even get cutesy. If you're a scrapbook, scrapbooker kind of thing, like the movie Trolls, um, you can go cut out little chairs and couches and bushes, and you can lay them down on there and talk about a great visualization tool. And I know everybody just went, hey, Alan, you know, we've been doing that on computers for 25 years. Well. It's not quite the same, and this is a lot simpler. Well, and it's, it's yeah, and plus sometimes. Just draw it out. And if you don't like it, tear that page off and draw it out again. Well, the other thing too, Alan, I'm I'm looking at people like us that are out in the field and you're if you're if you're on if you if all you have is your phone, yep. you know, uh it's a lot easier to pull out a notebook and, yes. and draw it up than it is because I, I don't even know if my phone has that ability to, to do a graph. I'm, I'm sure it does, but I don't have the eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the phone can do it. I'm not sure I can do it. Yeah. Um, here's one of my biggest ones. All right. So you're you're looking at, let's just, it's this time of year and it's fire pit time. A friend of mine had a beautiful fire pit last night going. I got the pictures. I'm jealous. Um, so Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna you're gonna draw out your backyard to the best of your ability. Right. And you've decided you want that new XYZ decorative tree or bush you saw at the big box store. And you wanna put it where you can look at it out the window. Well, the thing is, read on the package, how big does this thing get? <laughs> well, right now you, you, it's only five going, feet yeah. around. It's right. a cute little thingy. But these things get 40 feet across. All right. Well, measure out 40 feet from the house. Yeah. And that is the absolute closest you want to get. The, so the graph well, then paper. You got to imagine the tree roots expanding. And, oh, where that my gosh. Thing goes. You yeah. know, where do you want to put the fire pit? Um can we put the uh, my favorite one? Can't we put that new sectional sofa down here? Yeah. Well, please draw it out first before you wind up playing what I like to call uh, living room Tetris. <laughs> because you wind up, you honestly wind up just getting stuff that's too big right. for your lifestyle. And now you're stuck with it. Right. Yeah. 
It's it's but I, there's something you know I don't I know people talk about how books one day are going to be obsolete. Well, they're not obsolete yet, and we still need to write on things. So and I'm, paper is still a wonderful, wonderful thing, and graph paper. Honestly, graph paper could probably save your marriage when it comes to renovations and rearranging your house. Wait a minute. How do you, how, what do you mean, Alan? Because you can, uh, you can, you can sit around and play on paper without dragging furniture up oh. and down the stairs all day. Yeah. Well, that just doesn't work there. Well, we could have figured that out on paper. It's funny you said, because when you were talking about that, I wasn't thinking about it. But, yeah, if you've got to move a room from, oh. you got to move a bunch of stuff from downstairs to upstairs. Well, you know, here you can say, here's where the door is. Here's where here's the where window is. Here's, here's whatever. Here's so, you got to have. Can yeah. you put this there? Yeah. No, I think it's good. And it's probably good for kids, you know, because if you want them off their screens, you can you can give them a, a pad of graph Oh, yeah, give paper. them a job. And I still think it's good for, for visualizing and geography or geometry and all that oh, stuff. Yes. So, okay. Well, hey, Alan. Um, what? You know, well, I don't know what Larry's doing next door. We're just going to have to keep moving along without him. So we're switching things up again. All righty. Uh, we're going to get to, when we come back, we're going to talk about our great moments in building history. Somehow, yeah. we're going to connect the Hindenburg and uh, the construction of Zeppelins with home mm. improvement. We can. That's a challenge. Okay. No, this I got is it. your, you and Max, this is your baby, right? So, we got this. Okay. All right. Then uh, it's, this is Tool Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. When my new apprentice arrives, he will take care of you. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. <laughs> I want to meet this apprentice if he's going <laughs> to, I don't know, it's really overselling. Anyway, welcome back. He will back take to, care of you. <laughs> he'll take care of things. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, we invite you to go to Tool Talk Radio's Facebook page. Give us a like and uh, check out the action over we there. We will take care of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it's a weird day. As we said, we got here. It was 75 degrees outside, which, you know, clue number one, it's going to be the, the, there's weird air pressure around. And um, uh, the first person here was Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration and uh, working next door with Ditch. And uh, Larry, you just strolled into the studio. You are, uh, what's you going know, on, man? Yours, when it's your studio, you should be able to come in at any time, right? I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, he does <laughs> He does pay the bills. It's kind of like uh, when Steven Spielberg shows up on a movie set, you don't question why. You just, he just look at him and go, would you like your chair, sir? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, Larry, we love what you've done with the place, as we said. Oh, uh, it's great, man. You know, uh, work worked our magic in here it's beautiful beautiful so what were you doing with uh ditch next door we or is this just, classified information uh no no we were working on some some radio spots or some holiday spots for for my company okay and uh just talking about some other issues some other things just all about uh future um spots on maybe other other shows or whatever so uh. but, but i'm gonna stick with this show there's no you know, there's no question about it. I'm with you guys to the end. So. It sounds like you're diving deeper into the cumulus, uh, mm. into the cumulus family, right? We, so. Oh yeah, yeah. We we uh, I really enjoy them, and they're they're good people. So, um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, feed off each other and uh, make it better for everybody. Uh, once again, I noticed uh, your wife's not here. You've ne you're never going to bring <laughs> Mrs. Brown to the show, are you? Well, I mean, that's right. never going to happen. You remember it's the a thing we dream. talked about earlier about passive aggressive? I know. You know? <laughs> it's just, 
folks, I mean, she, here, the problem I have, Larry, is we're wasting good material. She's, I mean, you you let her go on the microphone. I have a feeling it, we'd get some great stuff, but she just uh, she just doesn't want to come in. I don't know. Maybe she's got too much good sense. She's worried about her for her public reputation. Yeah, I probably think, is. Or, I'm worried about. It. <laughs> I'm worried about the secrets she might share with you guys. So. Oh, so he's keeping the, Yeah, there's 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 wheels within wheels. Well, you guys, I feel like we should rearrange things again. Sorry, dear listeners. How many times have we rearranged this show it's today? It's called live but, radio. Um, so we're going to hold off. We will get to our great moments in building history. But, I mean, we got Larry Brown here. Yeah. So let's let's talk about HVAC. So, I mean. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's talk about my week in review. Oh, so you're th you're scrambling? Yeah, things? I'm gonna scramble you one more time. I'm gonna let Max press some buttons, and I'm gonna trigger Larry because I got a great story for him. Okay. Okay. You uh, mean? <laughs> well, Larry, since you've been here last, uh, we've we've instituted a new segment. You know, Alan, his work is wide ranging. We never know what it's gonna be, and so we've we thought, you know, why not? tap that material and so we've created alan's week in review and actually this one you said is hvac related it is it okay. is all right well this right. is bound to trigger Call, called into the uh, lobby of a facility and uh, they're telling me that they just recently had like a new counter put in and it looked nice you know walked in and went oh okay you guys you know painted it up a little bit then i realized that this had become diy versus your hvac Oh. oh, okay. Larry's are here. Larry okay. knows exactly what I'm about to say. Right. So they had done a little work. They'd done a little sanding and some painting and a little more sanding and a little more of this, a little more of that. And now they just weren't getting the heat the way, the way they used to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were using of a couple of items called P-Tacks. Mm -hmm. uh, which are just basically really big window unit air conditioners. Mm -hmm. That's that's all they are. They're just big window units. Yeah. And, you know, I walked over and they said, well, we've cleaned the filters. So I walked over and pulled the filter out and the filter was clean. Yeah. Okay, but it's still not really, there's just not air flowing out of this thing. Right. So I popped the top off of it up and it was probably one of the nicest sheetrock decoupage jobs I had ever seen. <laughs> this poor thing was, it looked like somebody had dusted it in powdered sugar. Mm -hmm. It was completely packed full of dust. So they're sanding, they're they're kicking up all this dust and nobody thought to cover the vents or the well, No, what they had done was, you know, the guys working out front were getting a little hot, so they mm -hmm. had flipped that AC on and cranked it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it sucked in everything it could possibly catch I mean, Larry, you couldn't even see the fins. Oh, I believe that. I mean, I've seen it many times to where, um, you know, obviously the the workers are in there. They're working. They're they're mm. get hot or cold, and they're like, "Oh, there's an air conditioning unit. Let's turn it on." Mm -hmm. And you know, then they keep sanding more dust, <laughs> and uh, you know, next thing you know, the unit stopped up. Oh yeah, yeah. So luckily with a PTAC unit, which is the folks at home, it's kind of like a motel or hotel yeah. unit that yeah, the that's little where ones in the wall, one. right? Right. Uh, you could pull that out and take it outside and oh yes, we and did. clean it. <laughs> so it's not that big a deal. But if you get a, a a central unit, oh yes, or sometimes in like a commercial project, you got a rooftop unit. Um, it becomes a more difficult task to to clean that because you can't take it outside and, and spray and it off or whatever. Put a little coal cleaner in it and a little, you mm -hmm. know, you just can't take the hose to it. Especially like a rooftop unit, you know, if you want to 
flood the building, you can, but oh. <laughs> you know, you, you so it's more challenging to clean those than than the PTAC units. But yeah, I've seen that many many times. Well, Larry, we we have a thing, we have a saying here. Of course, uh, water is the enemy mm. when it comes to you know wood or just the you know keeping it out of your home. Was it fair to say in HVAC dust can be the enemy? Because I mean, I'm just thinking of the damage you uh, can do with dust. Well, you know, HVAC units uh, probably I would think over half of the of the uh, failures or you know breakdowns of those are you know they're dirty. Yeah, they're just not yep. properly maintained and not cleaned. Uh, filters. You have to clean, make sure you put proper filters in, uh, cleaning the outdoor unit. Because you got to think there's a coil out there. There's no filter outside. So all the stuff floating around the air gets sucked into that coal. Uh, and it's event. It's got to be cleaned. We, we recommend annually. So a lot of the service calls we go out on for, for breakdowns, we go, well, you know, you look and you say, you know, with just a little maintenance, this would have been totally preventable. Right. You know. Uh, so yes, it is, it is a big deal for air conditioning to keep, you know, dirt and dust, other contaminants to clog them up and, and cause them instead of a small issue. Now you're talking thousands of dollars to get it repaired. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you burnt the compressor up or something like that. So now it becomes a huge issue. Yeah. For, you know, if you, I, I told you this, uh, when you were on before Larry, it's, uh, if you want to you know, go on YouTube and pull up a video of how your air conditioning system works. And it's like, it's to me, it's more complicated than being a surgeon working on these things. I mean, <laughs> it is a finely tuned uh, system, right? I mean, you, can, you every every part of the system needs to be working properly. Oh, so. absolutely. For it to be as efficient as, as possible, uh, it has to be, you know, everything's got to be working together. Um, everything's got to be working at maximum capacity. And, and you know, especially in our, our units today, you know, we don't have any fudge factor there. You know, there's no extra mm -hmm. capacity. You know, there's there's nothing. So you want to try to make sure you're getting everything out of it as possible and as efficiently as possible and using the least amount of energy. Yeah. Go ahead. Alex. And, and I want to throw in as a cautionary tale for you pet owners out there. <laughs> Hair works just as good as sheetrock dust. I think it's more insidious. I, I, yeah. Oh my gosh. I've, I've had, a, I haven't had one this year, but in past I, I've, you know, people that collect pets, you know, they, they have more than one. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's folks with, you know, uh, multiple it, pets. Right? And it depends upon, a lot depends on the, the size and the breed and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But mm -hmm. everything in your house makes dust, dirt, dander, hair. Oh Yeah. And if you don't change out those filters, and I'm kind of harping on this going into the Christmas holidays, because now more and more people are going to be in your house. Mm -hmm. You're going to be doing a lot of cleaning. And believe it or not, cleaning kicks up a lot of dust. Well, and sure. Not a bad idea to double check those filters before the big event. And, you know, I was thinking about something else. Not to, boy, we're really beating <clears throat> this into the ground, Larry, but if you've got dirty air ducts, and it's blowing dust and dirt out. Well, the the return vents are sucking it right back in, right? So I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty sort of much a cyclical right. thing. Yeah, you know, once the dust and dirt builds up in that ductwork, it's just kind of like recirculate in your home. You know, it blows out the vents, it gets floating around the air, it gets drawn into the ductwork mm. in you know, the return or the intake, and you know, your filter's not going to catch all of it. No, so it's just kind of like recycling this dust and dirt. Um, it, it pet it pet dander, 
others oh, there's there's you know there's list we could we could talk about that the rest of the show <laughs> all the yeah. stuff that's floating around in the air right but it, it's all amounts to you know particulates that are in the air that um you know get in your in your duck work and and i kind of let relate it to people like if you didn't dust your a table for five years what do you think it'd look like <laughs> i go oh it'd be really dirty yeah it's like well, well that's what your ducks look like and yep. they're right there it's funny how many things are really like they could be just feet away from you, but because you don't see them, you don't think about them. And the air ducts are that way. I mean, they're they're right by you, but unless you're looking in, you don't notice it. Well, so. it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Right. You know, if you don't if you don't see it with your own eyes, you know, it's kind of like you don't really relate to it. But um, you know, it's it's important to keep your system serviced, keep your filters changed, uh, and then also to get your ductwork cleaned on a periodic basis. Well, we really recommend like every three years if you have multiple pets. Um, and if you don't have pets, maybe every five years. Um, um, hey, Larry, in that vein, we, we point, I told you the show was going to be weird, everybody. Mm -hmm, so, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. fair it's warning. December. But, Larry, you probably got some specials that address some of these things, right? So, you always bring specials to the listeners. So, well, okay. we do. And, and, you know, with that in mind, you know, that uh, we always offer some specials on the show. So, right now, mm -hmm. we're offering. You know, if you're interested in any train, new train equipment, we're offering a uh, no interest financing for up to three years. So if you, you know, if you wanted to purchase a new heating and air conditioning unit, you could take advantage of the no interest financing for three years. You could get it, um, you know, uh, use it while you're paying for it and enjoy it. And, you know, it'd be interest free. So that's always great. If you're not interested in that, we do have a rebate program so you could, you don't have to, if you don't want to take advantage of the financing, we could offer you up to $500 rebate on, on particular systems. Um, if you're interested in duct cleaning, we could, uh, we'll knock $100 off on any of our duct cleaning services. Um, also, the Remy Halos. There we go. We've talked about those many, many times. Yeah. Um, so, they're, they're, we're offering $100 off on those also. So, in, in the Remy Halo, just to enlighten everybody, you know, the, the filters are catching all the particulates floating around the air, but Remy Halo takes even one step further, and it's actually able to kill or mitigate viruses, bacteria, mm -hmm. microscopic stuff that your filter's not going to catch. Yeah. So, and it, it is proven to kill the COVID virus also, flu. So now, oh, you know, yeah. you see on the news, you got... Uh, a, 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 you know, basically, like flu is really bad this year. You got, you still got COVID, uh, and we'll probably never get rid of COVID. It'll be around for many, many years. Yeah, it's, we'll it's gonna mutate to, and kind of. We'll learn right. to manage it like we did the flu, same right. thing. So, and for those that have children, you know, there's that respiratory disease. I don't want to say it wrong, but it's R RSV or RVS or something like that. I, I don't want to. Uh, I never heard of that one. So. Yeah, it's a respiratory. Um, disorder that's going around in, in children so uh it's like a it's like a tri pandemic is what i heard it called it's the flu the covid and this children's respiratory issue i see uh alan over there pecking away at his <laughs> so he can get an answer he's like pecking away at the keyboard to get well, get clean Google air. Involved. Yeah. So it's important. Yeah, I didn't want to give the wrong one yeah it is rsv rsv yeah. okay so it's is important to not only keep your filters changed, your system clean, but also to take care of those microscopic things in the air to where, you know, you've got the cleanest, freshest air that you can in your home. 
Absolutely. I mean, we talk about it. You know, you, it, eat healthy, drink healthy, and breathe healthy. I mean, mm. if you, if the air in your home is cleaner, think of the advantage that gives you. It, you know, on the flip side, if it's filthy and dusty, mm. think of what you're breathing in. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey, well, Larry, it was just such a shock when you know we when you when you do the kind of work we do. Of, you know, there's always that, you know, we talked about this in 30 years of stupid all the time. Yeah. But, you know, you go into, you go into a facility, you go into a home, you go into somebody's business and you open that, you know, insert here, panel, wall, uh, air duct, whatever. And usually if there's somebody with you, like the homeowner or the business owner, you usually now hear the gasp of Oh my goodness! Yeah, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, just, uh, you know, businesses they have grease traps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They just people just are shocked at kind of basically the side effect of our lifestyles. That's right. Oh yeah, exactly and right. you know the the management of what we do is is honestly a lot of dominoes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. if they had double filtered the air they you know if they put something over it to keep all that particulate from getting in it mm-hmm. that now they got lucky they you know they could have burned them up mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah they they got real lucky they could mm-hmm. have absolutely just eaten them up and been buying all new units mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, right. so you know happily they called me and we got to it quickly mm-hmm. but you know when you're looking at your home there's a lot of people for January 1st coming up, because we're going to revisit this in January, I promise. Because there's all those New Year's resolutions. Oh, right. I'm yeah. finally going to replace that insert here in the home. Right. And everything you do in the house is going to make some kind of chemical, smell, or dust. Yeah, you're right. And it's going in the HVAC. Yeah. So keep right. it keep it clean, folks. <laughs> hey, Larry, I was uh I was thinking about something. You know, we're going on this is we're approaching our sixth year of being on the air with Larry Brown. Isn't that something, Alan? Wow. I know it's five. Yeah, about five. So we'll be entering into our sixth year. And I was just thinking of all the changes just in the time we've known you in HVAC. For example, I think when we first met you, the the smart home system was a newer concept right it, it um, was and it, it the, was and i think that's you know that's really popular now um you mean know, sort of standard right i mean yeah i mean it's you know we've got some people that are like you know anti-technology so they don't want to you know be involved <laughs> in that but most folks are notice are, he looked at me when he said no that, no they? i know you embrace technology yeah. but they still uh, want you to fax over the proposal. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, okay. you know, it's, it's, some people are, are just, you know, more, more like, you know, I like things simple. So we just put plain thermostats, uh, but you can't get the, the, um, the smart home technology where you can control your heating and air conditioning unit or units from anywhere that you have cell phone connection. So if you're at work, you're at on vacation, Wherever you're at, as long as you can use your cell phone, you can turn your heating and air conditioning on or off, set the temperature, or even just monitor your home. So, I mean, that part's great. The but, security you know, factor. The security factor, absolutely. Making sure the temperatures are right, you know, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then, of course, you know, we've got, um, you know, like the, the UV lights have been around for many years, but the Remy Halo is, pr- is a fairly new product. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something we really like really encourage everybody to get one uh it's just it's you know it's doing it's not really visual that you could see what the remy halo is doing 
but it's doing so much behind the scenes. Right. So it 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 it's great for your home. You that, notice the lack of smell. Exactly. When you do that. I was right. about to say actually that well, is it's exactly what you don't it. Right. It's right. when you when you do a little comparison and you go, you know, the sniff test gives you absolutely nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to remember, you know, we have a dog. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't smell you know, that. You just got I don't used, smell the bacon you cooked. Right. Early. You just got used to smelling the dog, and then you know when it, that smell goes away, it lets you know so much else is out of oh, that yeah. air. Mm-hmm. Another thing, Larry, that uh, that I've noticed because um, back in the, I remember you were you were warning us of this, uh, like I don't know, a year or two before it happened. Uh, the refrigerant that is used in in um, HVAC units has changed, right? And and you you had to adapt to that change, right? Well, I mean, the. The R22 refrigerant that had been around since I started in the business 40-plus years ago, right. you know, they, they quit actually quit making it in two, January 1, 2020. It could be manufactured or imported into the United States. So yeah. whatever was here is all we had left. So, you know, now we're, you know, basically almost three years down the road, mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot left. So it, it is super expensive. Um, you know, you we almost have to take it out in armored cars. You know, it's, it's, it's a joke, but it, it's super expensive, hard to come by. So if you do have a system that has R22 in it, you know, you really need to think about getting that replaced before right. it becomes an issue. So, um, and then they are coming out with new refrigerants in 2025 that are going to be less, um, you know, less gl- a global impact from the refrigerant. But it is going to contain a certain amount of propane, which is going to be a flammable issue. Ooh. So there's all kinds of new, um, you know, new new issues we have to deal with. So uh, that's a, that's something that's new and upcoming. Uh, the next thing is the DOD Department of uh, DOE Department of Energy has come up with new energy mandates that are going to go into effect January one of twenty three. So uh, they've. They didn't really raise the standard. What they did is created a new way of testing units that's much more stringent, mm. put some more things in there that is going to make the, the current units aren't going to qualify for uh, all this new testing platform. So they're going to have to come up with, you know, the manufacturers are coming up with new air conditioners that are going to be more efficient. And with that said, they're going to be more expensive. Yeah, I mean, and because we talk about it all the time, Larry. I mean, for me, I'm a carpenter. My job probably hasn't the the, the requirements of carpentry probably haven't changed in what centuries. Out, I mean, mm-hmm. aside from some new tools, but HVAC, it's constantly new regulations, new technology, new new ways of doing things, and so you really need a HVAC company that that is understands the dynamics here. You don't just get Chuck in his truck. To, to work on your HVAC no, system. And that's anymore. that's why we, you know, like I said, follow, just just in the short time we've known, you've dealt with supply chain issues. We, you, you dealt with uh, COVID. You've dealt with a lot mm. of stuff just in the short time we've known mm. you. And you, you've you done it well, sir, with a plum, I have to say. Well, I appreciate that. And and uh, we, we're trying to do the best thing for our customers. Um, and with the supply chain issue, there's still those, there's still issues with the supply chain, not only in our industry, but other industries. So it's not, you know, before the pandemic, we could, you know, air conditioners were pretty readily available. Now they're they're not quite as readily available. Um, you know, we, we we actually have started purchasing uh, units in the in the off season, like in the winter months. Uh, we'll purchase up a lot of uh, inventory 
so it'll be there when you need it in the summer yeah so um and then you got you know again the energy the energy mandate uh refrigerants uh there's lots of issues going on out there you really need somebody to um help you navigate through all that exactly so i mean um and that's that's the thing. It's like I don't envy your job, man. You get the emergency calls at two in the morning. You do, you know. But HVAC is what you do. This, you've you've done this. That's pretty much been your career. I uh, have been doing this for. Uh, it'll be uh, next year. Will be forty four years, forty three years. I've been in the industry. Uh, actually, longer than that because my dad had child labor. <laughs> like twelve. I understand you can't. Your parents can't have child labor if they don't pay you, so it's not considered child labor. Um, that's a joke. But you haven't um, sued your dad yet? Okay. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, you know, he's he took me out when I was like twelve. He was in the business. He showed me, taught me how to do things, and um, so and once I once I you know we got out of school and started you know doing this for a living. Um, never looked back, never done anything else yeah. and, um, really enjoy it. The The best part about it is meeting new people Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, helping new, helping new customers or helping our existing customers also, uh, with all their needs and, and helping them get over all these hurdles that we're, are put in front of us now. And you got a great business culture over there at Brown Refrigeration, but you know what? We haven't even told people how to get in touch. Mm -hmm. So how do people get in touch with uh, Brown Refrigeration? Well, you can call us at 901-362-1881, or you can reach us on the web at brownref.com. Uh, if you call, we're going to answer the phone. Absolutely. Uh, we're not, you know, you don't have to push one for service and two for this. A human being is going to answer the phone and take care of your needs. Awesome. All right, well, we hope we're taking care of your needs here at Tool Talk Radio. If not, uh, you know, you can have your money back. Hour one is in the can, but stay tuned for hour two of Tool Talk Radio. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to hour two of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and the man who keeps the lights on around here, uh, Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. Um, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And um, we also invite you to go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook and join the family over there. We probably could use with a, a, a few more likes, Alan. It's funny, you know, mm -hmm. we get some pretty decent interaction, but uh, I don't know. We need, we need more traffic. We need to expand the Tool Talk Radio family. Brown Refrigeration has a better Facebook page <laughs> dynamic than we do. <laughs> well, I will throw in, however, you know, we are heard around the world on Spotify and on YouTube, so they can pop over to tooltalkradio.com and listen to us literally around the world. And so I'd like to shout out to uh, Norway, New oh, Zealand, we got some Norwegians. Japan, nice. Great Britain, Scotland, um, trying to think, and Germany. Uh, popped up in the last couple of weeks. That's ominous since so, uh, of what we're going to be well, talking yeah, well, about shortly. Just, just letting you know. So uh, for those of you listening outside of the Mid-South listening area, please send us an email, send us a question. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to get a message. And, and, and as I say, if you live below the equator, please send us a video of you flushing your toilet we want to see that backwards swirl. Yeah, right? that, yeah, New Zealand. We, <laughs> Don't look we, at me we that need, way, Larry. We need some videos from New Zealand. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, these New Zealanders or yeah. Well, I think that'd be interesting. I'd always like to see that. Now, I, this I did not plan to even bring this up, but you guys are both have a scientific mind, Alan. If it, okay, so as we know, when we flush the toilet, I don't know if if it goes clockwise or counterclockwise up here. I, I honestly we go clockwise. Okay, clockwise. so we go clockwise. And if you're in New Zealand or something, it goes counterclockwise. Well, what happens if you're on the equator, like literally on the equator? Would it just do what it wants? Does it go straight? Your toilet doesn't flush. (laughs) 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 And and, and how far below the equator and how far? But like, I guess I wonder what what happens with water pressure when you get right on the edge. there. Now, how about the mole people that live under the equator? Exactly. What are they doing? The lizard people, the... Do you have an answer for that? Or? Well, actually, if you're right on the equator, uh, you have kind of a 50-50 shot. Depends on how the plumbing is set up. Huh. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, making that I've answer actually, up, aren't you? No. No, I've actually, <laughs> I, I've actually asked that question before because I had a friend that lived in equatorial Africa. And it was like, I, I got the weirdest question for you. Because, you know, it's really pronounced when you go to, like, Australia mm because it's it's way down and it's up here. And I said, well, you know, water swirls up here. And he goes, he goes, eh, he's he's looking at me. He's like, sometimes it goes one way, sometimes it goes another. It depends on, he told me it was kind of more about the design of the toilet. Mm, I want to know. This is a question. This is now a burning question on my mind. (laughs) And I didn't even think about it until you mentioned our listeners. Yeah, but he told me, he goes, well, you know, if you just have like a standard flush toilet where the water goes straight down, you kind of get a 50-50 chance which way it will go. Because I actually had a friend that I could ask that. And I went, all right, when you get home and you're, you know, you pull the handle, which way does the water go? Right. And he's like, eh, you know, down, he goes, equatorial, a little of, a little either. Yeah. And it's funny, for those of you out there that um, want to dismiss the uh, the educational value of comic books, I learned about <laughs> this dynamic in reading a Batman comic book, Larry. He I got, learned about uh, this dynamic from The Simpsons. Bat, yeah, Batman was, cat, <laughs> uh, was kidnapped by Ra's al Ghul, and he was put on a plane and flown for like 15 hours somewhere. And when, he, when they put him in his prison, he flushed the toilet, and by determining which way the water went... He knew that he was south of the equator. What do you think of that, Larry? Uh, well, I guess that's a good idea. I'll remember that if I get captured and <laughs> kidnapped and fly 15 hours, I'll flush the toilet. Yeah. So these are the kind of pressing... Which way, where I'm at. These are the kind of pressing uh, topics we that we want you to share when you go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook. Now, now, or if you're from... Uh, uh, we, from we need some listeners in Japan to talk about Japanese toilets. Exactly. Because they've because, got efficient toilets. Man, they have got high-tech... They, they have gone techno-crazy okay. with the toilets. Oh, you know? they have. Yeah. They, they have... That should be great moments in building history. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it will, Max. It's yeah. a whole new world over there. Yeah. It is the Toto toilet or something like that, I think. They have weird ones too, where you sit yeah. down, you know, your legs it'll are do your in front blood of you. pressure. They, yeah. It'll tell you how your your heart rate's going. It'll yeah. uh, analyze what's happening internally with you. You it's, can take a shower. I don't, you I don't can, know yeah. if it goes that uh, far. It'll, it'll clean parts of you that have ever been cleaned. Don't well, even get me started about that. Don't yeah. even get me started about the shape of the original Japanese toilets. Okay, <laughs> and we of course, you know, Max, you you love Japanese culture and everything, so we're not. We're just we're saying they're ahead of the curve when it comes to that. Quite stuff. literally. 
Yeah. All right. Hey, um, we've, they're ahead of the S bend. Yeah. As as we said, today's show we make no promises. It's it's and I I blame the uh, it, there's at, uh, atmospheric conditions mm-hmm. that I'm blaming it on the weather. You you just told me that the temperature just dropped about 20 degrees outside. Yeah. Yep. Right. We, mm-hmm. we have gone. I'm I'm watching the little temp gauge on my computer over here, and it's we were at about 65. Now we're at about 58. And the rest of the day is going to be about 53. Okay, because yeah. I was ready to put shorts and a T-shirt on. Mm, not today. But not today. Okay. Um, hey, uh, in a minute, I've got a pretty cool... Uh, we are. Pro- we promise we are going to get to our discussion of great moments in building history. But um, we're, re- you know, we're rearranging on the mm. fly. So uh, in a minute, we have a pretty interesting roundtable discussion that we're going to uh, do involving uh, Christmas tool shopping. And we want Larry's input on this because he's been a homeowner longer than any of us. So, but before we get to that, uh, it would be who, er, it, it would be a dereliction of duty. Mm. If I didn't mention our good buddy, Jay Hill with big M roofing and remodeling. And, uh, Larry, one day we got to get, we, we got to have like a summit show where we have you <laughs> and Jay Hill on the, sh- you know, on the show, on the air together. Sure. Our two pillars of the, of Tool Talk Radio, because uh, Jay, if you, okay, you know, we only deal with the best here on Tool Talk Radio. Let's face it. We, we may not be the best, Alan, but, but our sponsors <laughs> are. But with uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling, for one thing, they are five stars with the Better Business Bureau. They are GAF Master Elite Installers, five stars with the Good Housekeeping. Wait, is five stars, does Good Housekeeping do five stars? He's never had less than a five-star review. He gets rated very highly. He gets very, yeah, rated very highly. And we, you know, we, one of the great things about Jay too, in addition to the, uh, roofing systems, these are, you know, uh, these are systems that are put on your house. It's not just a matter of uh, nailing some shingles up. These, these make your roof run more efficiently. They make, they, they make your, um, utility bill go down because they cool the roof and it makes it wear out slow you know they don't wear out as quickly because they're keeping it cool underneath these ridge vents are one of the best inventions i've i've seen but also when it comes to roofing problems you may have issues that are covered by your homeowner's insurance and so one of the great things when you deal with jay hill with big m roofing is that he was a former insurance agent i don't know how many people have made that career transition that's pretty interesting so he understands the dynamics of uh, if you have a homeowner's claim to make that uh, that is not an easy an easy process to navigate. You really do. It's like an advocate. You almost need, you know, uh, Jay is almost like your lawyer when you walk into court. It's you know? nothing like watching uh, Jay right. and the person, the insurance. The adjuster, yeah. Lapse into insurance speak. Oh, yeah. Because that is when you are so happy. You have an advocate that speaks that language. What I, what I thought was interesting, because, you know, you and I, full disclosure, Jay has replaced our roof. He replaced your roof. He replaced our buddy Brandon Olmstead's roof. And uh, with with our insurance, you know, our homeowner's insurance. And what I found interesting was how they would walk around the house and they were pointing at things that didn't even, I didn't even notice. And I mean, I like to think I know about home improvement, They were, they, but they were, you know, pointing at angles over here and breaches over here and all this other. And I'm like, wow. I'm glad I've got, you know, got an advocate on my side. So, Jay, you know, the consultation is free, really. So there's no reason not to call. Get in touch with Jay Hill. He's just a fun guy to talk to anyway. Call him at like 8 o'clock at night if you're bored. He'll he'll entertain you, I guarantee. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's thrilled to get that call. But you can call him directly at 901-484-5645 or go to BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com. Okay, Max, I don't know if you've got any music for this, but this is this is, I wanted to round table a Christmas discussion mm-hmm. with you guys. 
Christmas and tools, we could say. But um, uh, let's see. No, he's not queuing anything up. You got anything, Max? Nothing. Okay. All right. Well, let's do. <laughs> well, we're gonna unceremoniously get into our discussion. So, Larry, I'm looking at you. I wanted to kind of have a roundtable discussion because I think you've been a homeowner. How many years have you been a homeowner? Um, probably 38, maybe. Okay. Something like that. 30. Alan, you're you're close in that. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm not too far behind him. I'm. Uh, I've been there a while. I've. Uh, yeah. I. I don't know if my opinion counts because the home I bought was so bizarre and had so many <laughs> unique issues that I needed a, a whole other set of tools. But anyway, what I was thinking is, uh, uh, let's take a hypothetical. Let's suppose you're going to do some Christmas shopping and you've got um, you've got a first time homeowner out there that you want to buy some gifts for. Let's say your budget is about I don't know around three hundred bucks. I thought it'd be interesting to ask you guys what sort of tools would mm. you? What kind of a toolkit would you give to your first time homeowner? Keeping in mind that maybe they know about tools, maybe they don't. So, well, you know, you just want to start out with a basic toolkit. You know, with a maybe hammer, screwdriver, you know, basic stuff like that. To where, you know, obviously all homeowners need um, hammers. You got to tighten screws up, stuff like that. So that's where I'd start. Okay, that's not very exciting, Larry. I was expecting some uh, some. S you could specific buy, thing for a, you could buy an uh, impact drill combo set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blow your whole budget make, right out of the okay. game. Okay, well, right? I've got, you know, we got 300 bucks to work with, Larry, so we can get beyond the tool. Okay, go ahead, Alan. Oh, I, I, I was love, hoping I triggered I you. I love but. December at the big box stores because everybody. There's sales, too. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Everybody puts out all kinds of cutesy kits. Right. Mm -hmm. And. Now, they're of varying quality. I mean, some of them are, I, I'm not going to say you're going to buy industrial level quality tools, but you're going to buy good quality tools this time of year. Mm -hmm. But there are so many kits. Mm -hmm. They're kid kits. They're kits geared spe specifically at women. Of everyone, and since Joe has actually deigned to join the battery revolution these days. Yeah, I fought I'm it tooth and nail, Larry. Say that, going, Do you have battery tools? <coughs> battery powered? Absolutely. Okay. Well, he, I was. Many, I was many different times. Games. Yeah. Oh yeah. He yeah. resisted for years. Wow. He's, he's given in. I. I. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I've. I've brought this up many times. Well, I think I fairly said that the the first battery powered tools didn't have enough torque for me, and the batteries wore out too fast. I mean, do you disagree? Because I mean, when I they, think when uh, they first came out, now they have a lot better. When they originally yeah. came out, they were kind of weak. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, they're very powerful, mm -hmm. and uh, the batteries. Or, or pretty pretty longevity of the batteries is good um you know in our business we could do we have to have them you sure. know it's just certain things that we have to have uh and it it makes your job much more quicker you know you can you're not dealing with cords and more efficient time uh, use of time when you have the battery powered tools yeah so, yeah absolutely so, so there are wonderful kits mm -hmm. so the trick is actually go shopping of Whatever you want, there is a kit for it. And they have a, and they're really, especially this time of year, very, very affordable. Mm -hmm. Because within your $300 package there, of I just saw at least three different brands. Yeah. Not, not to quote any one brand better than another, but I've seen at least three different brands where you could get a drill, an impact, a circle saw, a sawzall, a light, and probably a radio, depending upon which package, for like one ninety nine with two batteries in it, with batteries, mm -hmm. with the chargers, with the yeah. stuff, 
And then walking down the aisle just a little further, there is the wonderful kit with everything Larry just laid out. Mm -hmm. The hammer, the crook neck, the little simple socket set. The, and these things range in price from like $29.99 to $100. Bucks. Yeah. And for the 100 bucks, you could walk out of there with enough tools that you could barely carry them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to point it out that we got some triggers on the text line. Okay. I'm a, what did for we one, trigger? Yeah. I'm a, it says, I'm a Robbie Allen here. Giveaways work really well to bring in new followers. Uh, okay. Okay. Wait, what? I'm guessing that has to do with like, I'm a like giveaways for tools and everything. Oh, so on tool, on tool talk radio's Facebook page, we can start bribing people with giveaways. So. <laughs> or like, I'm a giveaways from like big box stores and everything for like, I'm a Christmas tools or whatever, stuff oh. like that. All right, and Robbie. It, well, and then we got another one. This is unrelated, but it's from a, a Keith Babb, and it's a um a post from well, the Washington Post that says, "Myth busted: Water does swirl in different directions across the globe, but it's not a toilet thing." Oh, okay. Well, w wait. What was his name? Keith. Okay. Um, uh, we have um a uh, Keith Babb and Robbie. I'm um, mm -hmm. uh, contribute to the um a uh, text line. Hey, well, you guys. Thanks for thanks. For, um, We'll circle back on that. <laughs> circle well, back on yeah, the yeah. toilet. Well, it's like draining a sink. A sink will also swirl one way or the other. Okay. So it doesn't have to be the toilet. The toilet's just the most obvious. Hey, we appreciate that. And and now I, I, I am going to do a deep dive into that <laughs> subject to find out if that's... You just got to stop with these double entendres. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing when I get on YouTube next. But you yeah, guys, he's... thanks for chiming in on the uh, text line. I guess we have to think about subtle ways to bribe. You know, we only have a limited budget here on uh, Tool Talk Radio. So. Yeah, we, we covered that when we went to lunch. But, uh, <laughs> Alan, go ahead. So you were... Because um, I, I, I wanted to piggyback on something well, you're saying, and, but and go the ahead. the other thing, I, I'll tell you the... the um, all right, this is going to be kind of funny, and everybody that, you know, personally knows me and hangs out with me, y'all need to turn off your radio right now. Uh-oh. Because you're going to find out what you're getting for Christmas. Okay. Because uh, among my friends, we've all kind of independently, but sort of together, gravitated toward one brand of mm -hmm. tool. Yeah. So that when we all show up to do something together, I usually have a bag of that brand of batteries. Oh, okay. so that yeah. as we're working all day long, you can just swap out your your two hour battery for your four hour battery for, you know, whatever. And right now, especially, you know, for December, the big push is a lot of these of uh, 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 battery system manufacturers want to get you in. So their batteries are in two packs and three packs and four packs for about 40 percent off. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've you've chosen a particular brand of tool, well, they have a battery that fits fifty different tools. Yeah. So you don't have to have fifty different batteries. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's sort of the unique so thing. Is everybody that a, knows me, you know what you're getting for Christmas? You're getting a battery. So. What, what I wanted to chime in too is that um, part of the idea here is to make everything fun. So I like I like Larry's approach of yes, you definitely need the hand to you need. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I would say, honestly, too, uh, uh, multiple screwdrivers, you know, get the stubby screwdriver, get the larger, get the Phillips head, get that, um, get get your hammers, your, your adjustable wrenches and all that. But also, you need a tool that's going to inspire them to to do more, to work with tools more often. So give them a tool that is just plain out fun. And at the top of my list, Alan, I'm going to have to say might be a Sawzall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an empowering tool. Larry, I don't know how you feel about the Sawzall, but I mean, you get it. I, my big thing with the Sawzall was I've got trees all over my yard 
And I love that when you put on the 12-inch blade and that baby <laughs> will cut right mm -hmm. through, you know, and it's a very, it, it, it's, in, it's empowering, like I said, so. Well, and, and uh, yeah, that you could do that. They also make battery-powered chainsaws now, so. Oh, I haven't I dived in. Have you tried one of those? I was tempted by I got one. one in the back of my truck. So. <laughs> <laughs> Works really well. And my and wife likes it because it's, it's it's um you know, for for the lady of the house, mm. you could go out and trim a tree or something. You know, if there's a limb, that, you know, anything major. But it, it it's it's pretty powerful and lightweight, and you don't have to worry about any kind of gas oil That's what starting I like. it or anything. Right. Just do your thing and... um. So, you know, they're they're coming out with all kinds of tools that are battery-powered now instead of, you know, battery-powered weed eaters, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, but you, just like Alan said, pick a brand because all those batteries are usually interchangeable amongst those that same brand. Oh, that's a good point. Don't get yeah. three different brands because no. you're buying right, three right, different right. batteries. You, 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 you got to make the choice. Right. When, you, when you dive in, doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you pick, but of i can think of at least four different major brands right out there that you can find easily at you know pretty much whichever big box store you have close to you yeah uh mm -hmm. there are at least four major brands i know that have gone to complete battery interchangeable systems yeah mm -hmm. yep. and it is i gotta tell you it's wonderful because now you can just have those two or three extra batteries charged up and you can just pop 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 from one job to another easily I yeah. think that's the that's the whole part of it. So just making it convenient, and I mean, because we want to encourage people to use tools, and 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 plus, it's handy, and they're always going to be able to use a drill. They're always going to be able to use hammers and screwdrivers and everything. So I think it's a Gotta great a gift for for a first time homeowner. So you know, hey Larry, uh, let's before we hit the break, let's r remind people that you're offering specials today for the listeners, and uh, and how do they get in touch with the Brown Refrigeration and all that? So. so uh, Right now, we're offering some uh, really good specials on some uh, new train heating and air conditioning products. So, if you're interested, 36-month, um, no interest financing on a complete system or up to a $500 rebate, uh, whichever one you'd like to, you know, use. We're offering uh, $100 off on our duct cleaning services and $100 off on our Remy Halos. So, you can give us a call at 901-362-1881. Or you can uh, check us out on the web at brownref.com. And what is your policy on Facebook? Do you, let, do you like people sending pictures of their uh, HVAC units or something? You have a pretty cool Facebook page. Yeah, right? we, I mean, we, we do uh, like our Facebook. And we're always open for reviews, pictures, comments, uh, any kind of feedback we can get from customers. We, we, you know, we, I think that empowers us to, you know, show other other potential customers, what we're doing for people, and um, you know how how good we are. Uh, reviews speak a lot. Speak a lot. So yeah, share all that stuff with us. We'd love it. Yeah, Robbie, maybe he'll bribe you with some uh, good stuff out there too. So anyway, while you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the Hindenburg. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I made my first chair when I was five. But the quality of the wood was wanting. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. You know, he never said what he did with that chair. Did he burn it? Did he <laughs> Did he rebuild it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate his professional, you know, mm, mm -hmm. professional standards. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio coming to you from the... Non-professional standards. I guess. I don't know. Even at age five. No, uh, you. 
All right, can I? <laughs> this show has been sloppy and disjointed. Welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from uh, darkoakmedia.com and the interrupting Max over there behind the glass. <laughs> and the man who keeps the lights on around here, Larry Brown himself, is in the house. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, we do appreciate Robbie and Keith reaching out earlier. We're gonna; These are things we're going to ponder. Keith, I promise you I am going to do a deep dive and get to the bottom of this uh, topic of which way do toilets flush if you're on the equator or uh, maybe, you know, a mile or so below. Uh, and, Robbie, we will think of new ways to bribe our listeners to uh, mm. get them to like us on Tool Talk. I don't know. But, hey, uh, you know what's interesting? Before we get to our great moments in building history, uh, it, you, you know, you remember that show WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, yes. How, uh, oh, that, was... Max, that's a show you need to, to start binge watching. I was that just was wondering before if you it, were born. I was just wondering if KRP was a vulgar acronym. No. It, it was. Was it? Oh, it was because they had the uh, WKRP of... They came up with uh, their logo was the carp. Well, I was going to yeah. say, the other thing is, uh, just go on YouTube. There's about a funny three-minute video of the classic turkey drop oh. segment on uh, WKRP. But, that is the second funniest moment of television history. But, Larry, uh, we had kind of a WKRP that moment this morning when I got here. Uh, it, I was shocked to find you here before before me but mm. um, and a little embarrassed because I usually like to pride myself on being the first one here. But, uh, um you know, here at uh, Cumulus, it's kind of like that. You walk, you run around the halls, you might see some celebrity dropping in for a, for a radio interview. You might you know, you meet all sorts of characters, like you did on WKRP. Well, you were you were telling us a funny story about your wife and a ditch, and I thought I'd like you to tell it on the air. It was pretty good. So, well, you know, I, I don't want to embarrass my wife too much, but anyway, so we were, you know, you do the the home improvement show every year you guys mm -hmm. have a booth there at the so, agri center at yeah. the agri center right yeah. so my wife and i came to the show and i and i'm not sure if i was on the air that day or not but we were walking around the show and we came back by your booth and uh ditch was there so i said oh, oh hey uh, this ditch is my wife Teresa. you know Teresa, this is ditch and um you know she's a big fan of ditch and she but I didn't. She didn't really talk to him much. Like, oh, I, hi, we hi, laughed. Ditch, and I said, "Well, that was Ditch." She goes, "Oh, I thought you said Mitch." <laughs> <laughs> She's a but, fan so girl. She was, and she, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she was kind of upset that she didn't have more conversation with him. So anyway, so maybe that's how I'll lure her to the show <laughs> next time. Is I'm going to tell her she could beat Ditch, and then she'll maybe come to the show. It's funny that with Ditch's permission, obviously. Yes. You know, for those of you don't, you know, Ditch is a radio veteran. The guy's traveled the country. He know. And the funny thing about Ditch is he's he's very low key, but he knows a lot of people. He's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I was talking to Steve Miller the other day, and he's blah blah been blah. Been there, done that. He know mm -hmm. he yeah. he's, he knows rock and roll. He knows mm -hmm. the radio business inside and out, and he's sort of a local celebrity. But to meet the guy, he's. Well, he doesn't dress like a celebrity, I'm just going to say. Sorry, Ditch, but... Uh, Neither do you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's funny that she came face-to-face -face with somebody she, uh, she that she admired, and she just she blew her opportunity. So right. Well, that's another reason to get her in here. Ditch is here almost every Saturday. I so. know, and uh, she's a huge fan of rock music, especially older mm -hmm. rock music. So, you know, uh, and Ditch has been around, again, the community here for many, many years. Yeah. And uh, it's a big, you know, he's a big... Uh, you know, fan of rock music himself. So she wanted to meet him, and I thought it was really funny. She was, she kind of got upset that 
you know, she goes, well, why didn't you tell me that was ditch? I said, I introduced you. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't know, uh, man. So I don't know. But uh, anyway, I'll lure her in next time that I'm up here to beat ditch. Maybe she was judging a book by its cover. She's like, this guy looks here like he's changing the plumbing or something. Hey, and, you know, don't, I don't, know. Don't, ditch, <laughs> don't ditch ditch, okay? Come on. Ditch is the only guy that dresses worse than I do. I'm just I'm, I'm just saying. So anyway. He's a great guy. And, we love ditch. And, and uh, yeah. we're glad to have him. And, um, you know, he's a... Uh, and, and again, he yeah. is like a lady. In a minute, he's going to be in the window local. telling us to move on. Yeah, he's going to get it off. <laughs> anyway, hey, guys. Okay, you guys can't see him, but I can. Let's shift gears. We've been teasing this all day, but it's it's time to get to our big story of the day. So, uh, wait, I just cued Max. In building history. There we go. Okay. That was it. Boy, today's show. Can we fix this in, in post, Max? Uh, okay. That would be no. It's live, Joe. It's okay. Live. Well, this one, honestly, you and Max sort of uh, concocted this. And I was thinking, okay. You know, we're going to talk about the Hindenburg, but also Zeppelins in general, because as Max said, there's another Zeppelin that really deserves praise because it, it had a immaculate safety record and everything. But And I'm like, also okay. an immaculate travel record, too. Yeah, so I guess we want to... We're, we're basically, Zeppelins, and part of the reason is because we always talk about um, sometimes what was old is new again. I mean, Zeppelins mm. are actually making a comeback. Zeppelins deal with gas, Larry, they mm. deal with, uh, you know, chemistry. They deal with uh, technology, building. So we feel like it's a fair a fair salute for great moments in building history. But who's going to kick this off? Because you guys sort of spearheaded this. So. Allow me. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the Hindenburg. And what's very interesting about the Hindenburg is that it's the... Um, uh, it was also called the LZ-129, not the most impressive name, but it follows after the success of the one I feel deserves more praise, and that's the Graf Zeppelin, because it has one of the more storied track records when it comes to travel, because that baby flew all around the world. Uh, Hindenburg only really flew around from Germany to America, and then from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, like, so... It was all, Its travel record was more of a triangle, more trans, uh, transatlantic, but the, it followed after the success of its brother, the Graf Zeppelin. And um, uh, Hugo Eckner, um, uh, by the late 1920s, was like, you know what? I think we're going to build even bigger and badder. And so let's invent us this baby, the LZ-129, the Graf Zeppelin. And it originally wanted, was going to be designed with helium. But America at the time, excuse me, had the monopoly on helium. And they're like, no, we're not willing to share our helium with you. So it's like... All right, now we're already kind so you of get setting... rid of Adolf Hitler, maybe, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. We're already so, setting yeah. the table for disaster and everything. Um, a kind of an eerie foreshadowing because it's like, all right, you know, we'll just use hydrogen and everything because hydrogen is just—it's a little lighter than helium, but it's definitely not as safe as helium. Because that's that's the thing. It's, it's filled. Hey, I, I had a question though. Didn't didn't you say the Graf Zeppelin clocked over a million miles? I mean, think of that. It traveled. Over a million miles. That's yeah, it flew over a million miles, and um, uh, it ha it lasted longer than the Hindenburg because the Hindenburg only lasted a year. And those things only travel like a hundred and something miles an hour. I, I was impressed by that, but um, I don't know, Alan. The construct. And by the way, what's the um something von Zeppelin that Ferdinand von Zeppelin was what a the great name? Yeah, he was the he was the grandpappy behind all of these Zeppelins. I thought Zeppelin was a scientific name. I didn't know it was named after an actual guy. I mean, the guy's got the coolest name in the world, and he's cool looking too. When you see him, he kind of looks like a Zeppelin. He looks like the Monopoly Man. He does. So, but Alan, you know, what about the construction of Zeppelins well, and just you know? Well, let's let's of use these as kind of the portent to our modern world. Okay, because. New materials, new technologies, 
really came along to make this possible. Sure. So, so let's back up to silk. Silk is one of those um, remarkable materials that's stretchy. It can keep you warm. It can keep you cool. It's very, very durable. It's hard to pierce. It's a good, it's a great fabric. Does it's it hold air? Removal. Like, could you make a silk balloon? Well, that's what people were making. Oh. Boom. Was, you know, the, <laughs> the silk was so much lighter and so much stronger. And this is an ancient technology. But now suddenly people went, you know, if we put hot gas in this, uh-huh. it'll float. So we, we have kind of the beginning of the balloons. But a balloon is really kind of at the mercy of the world around it. It's hard to steer a balloon, it's, right? Yeah, you kind of, kind of, you. You've you been in a hot air balloon, and, right, Larry? Uh huh. Yeah, twice. You, you go up, more. and yeah, they have advantages. They have a lot of disadvantages. So here comes Mr. Zeppelin, who goes, you know, what if mm-hmm. we took some of this new stuff we've got, and mostly he was talking about aluminum. I didn't think of Back that. in the day, it was called Duralumin. Yeah, Duralumin or aluminium, aluminium, depending upon as they where say you were. Europe, yeah. of- if you permit, real quickly, you, I'm going to mention the British and everything. So I just wanted to give a fun, brief historical interjection about okay. the Duralumin used for the Hindenburg. And the Duralumin used during the Hindenburg was actually recovered from a previous wreckage in 1930 from the British R101 Zeppelin that crashed back then. And so 5,000 kilograms of Duralumin was recycled. And so this is kind of an eerie portent about where the hin- the trajectory of the Hindenburg. Wait a minute. The metal that they took for the hi- – they melted it down from a, one that had already crashed. Crash. Right. <laughs> well, that is sort of eerie. So. You know, so welcome to new manufacturing capabilities yeah. uh, with also the ability to decant gas. What do you mean? What does well, decant mean? Store, where did the hydrogen come from? Oh, so they get it out of where? Where, where does? Well, I don't care. It, where it came, came from, from the air. Okay, so, so they, they pull have, it out of the air and stick well, it in this you, balloon. Well, you decant. Uh, decanting is the removing of something or mm-hmm. separating of something. So the, now the chemical process is, uh, for instance, on the well on uh, uh, on commercials today. If you have breathing problems, you can buy an oxygen concentrator. Mm-hmm. Where does it get its oxygen? From, from the, the air, air sitting mm-hmm. around you. It pulls a little of it out and pumps it through the hose and gives you a little more oxygen than the person sitting next to you. Sounds like the, the moisture farmer's on Tatooine. Uh, well, again. Right. It, well, Star Wars. It always comes back it, to Star Wars. We can, so, we can yeah. tie them back in pretty <laughs> drastically here. So yeah. here is this new lightweight strong metal. And they began experimenting with different kinds of cloth. And if we coated the cloth just right... It became a semi-rigid idea, and now we had gases available. And next thing you know, we got a rigid framed aircraft that could float and fly. Yeah. And if you permit me, I'd like to give some of the impressive <laughs> statistics okay, yeah. of um, uh, the impressive statistics of the Hindenburg. Hey, this is a Go joint effort it. on Allen and I. I know. Yeah. No, Go it's great. So I, I just, I've never seen Max this excited about a topic. Oh, this is great. It's a great topic. I, I yeah. love Zeppelins. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, uh, so the length of the Hindenburg was 803 feet. Yes. Its Jeez. diameter was Things 135 feet. And this is the statistic that Joe would like. It's gas capacity. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. It's um, uh, 7 million, million. 62 thousand cubic feet with a lift of five hundred and eleven thousand um uh, five hundred pounds. 
Wow. At a cruising speed of 76 miles per hour. Can mm. I, I, I just want to interject one little thing because, you mm -hmm. know, you see the Hindenburg and you see these big Nazi symbols on it. Well, one thing to keep in mind was it was, it was before World War II, but also, uh, didn't you say that Zeppelin refused to sponsor, or, or, like, it was, he, he was a rebel, right? He it was, was funded, not it was funded, it was funded by the Nazis, but Hugo Eckner, um, uh, like kind of as a big middle finger to Hitler because, you know, like even though it was used for Nazi propaganda, they were going to originally call it the Hitler. But Hindenburg, um, uh, Eckner was like, no, we're going to call it after the past president as a middle finger to like this whole Nazi regime. And yeah. So just keep in mind, these guys weren't Nazis flying it. But okay, so, anyway, I digress. Well, let's Alan, get but, to the other idea that they had. The other idea was we're going to have to step back to women's hoop skirts. Oh, let's take a look at a hoop skirt. Now, a hoop skirt was originally made possible by whale boning. <laughs> okay, that mm -hmm. that is the the baleen yeah. from a whale was already a natural curve. Right. So this was a lightweight, semi rigid material that you could make a hoop or make a bell shape out of. So the, the and so this idea begins to propagate as. A semi-rigid world properly constructed is very, very strong. If you want a perfect example of this, look at the inside edge of a piece of cardboard. Oh, very good. Yeah. And it's mostly air. Pretty sturdy. There's very little, there's actually very little paper in there. Yeah. But for its weight, it's incredibly strong. That's true. So here we are now colliding of gas dynamics, thermodynamics, mm -hmm. weight shape, design, aerodynamics. And we're just bringing together dozens of technologies are all colliding here. And we've got the ability to make a bag airtight enough to hold a gas. Sorry, Alan, but well, you know, you it. triggered a good idea here. So, okay. Was, was Zeppelin's uh, thought process along the lines of, okay, well, a hot air balloon is great, but you, for one thing, you can't put much in it. You can only put a handful of people in it. You can't steer it, you know. So by building this rigid form, by building it bigger, you can put things in it. You can put more people in it. You can attach an engine and propellers and exactly. things to steer it. And suddenly now you've got a, a, a manageable, well, it, it works off the same principles as a balloon, but. Well, keep in mind an airplane at this time is still a very primitive, heavy lead falcon kind of thing wait was a zeppelin before the airplane well or? you're you're growing up together okay uh right. airplanes are in development but airplanes have a huge problem of the size of that engine versus the lift right now yeah. we're taking care of the lift with seven million cubic feet of a gas that's lighter than air so a much smaller engine an airplane engine yeah could be mounted on the bottom and it could now move Hundreds of feet, and and to give you an idea of the opulence of a Zeppelin, mm -hmm. of one of the items on the Zeppelin was an aluminum piano. <laughs> I mean, that's how that opulent like? that's we were getting to. So when you actually have a piano bar, a lounge, as a part of this craft. Yeah, when you travel in a Zeppelin, you're traveling in style. You had you a bedroom. You cramped in the back right. of an airplane. Although the tickets were $7,000 yeah. by today's standards. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, it wasn't cheap, but you, the, your option was take a boat. Yeah. At yeah. this time. So. It was it was faster than a boat, too. 
It was. Yeah. It was far more luxurious. You weren't, and you were, and here's the other thing. You were enclosed. Mm-hmm. So I get to look at air, uh, get to look at Larry and go, basic air management systems were being developed for this because you had to breathe inside the Zeppelin, mm-hmm. but I, you were not breathing the hydrogen that floated the Zeppelin. Larry, I bet if you did some uh, some research, I bet you could trace some of the developments in HVAC technology to, to Zeppelin. I mean, they... I bet you there's a connection back there Possibly. somewhere. I know, uh, you know, obviously they had to have a separate compartment for the passengers that had more a higher oxygen content, you know, were, um, and, you know, because we couldn't survive, obviously couldn't survive. At that height, in the, yeah. In, right. in, the, in the hydrogen or helium, either one. So uh, you'd have to have some kind of separate uh, passenger compartment. It's kind of like the blimps of nowadays. You see the mm-hmm. cockpit and all is hanging at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So right. it's separated from the actual blimp part. And um, so they're, you know, they're in an oxygen-rich environment there. So. Now, the, the really the great moments in building history that we're after is the actual aluminum lattice that made this thing the semi-rigid construction that made it possible. See, that's what I was I was thinking of that too, Alan, because when you talk about the the um structure, okay, it's great to have a bunch of gas bags with the, holding it but but, right. but the having a frame that can hold it and it has to be light, you can't make it out of steel and things like that. And I feel like there's even tie-ins with the way we construct things today of making it more oh, like I don't like know, 3D a printing sliding and, roof or an astrodome, right? Or right. scissor lifts or anything that needs that kind of construction and matrix. Think of almost anything based on a buckyball. Yeah, Buckminster Fuller's came up with the idea of nature and its bubble and how a bubble could be designed. But you have to have in this particular case a light enough lattice to do the job, but still sturdy enough to support the weight. That's so, it's interesting. And, and I mean, plus a circle, just the structure that, I don't know, it's very interesting. Well, and that's The exactly geometry it. involved in designing a Zeppelin. You brought up um, a, an interesting question about what did the sound of the Duralumin piano of, on the Hindenburg sound like? And I actually have an actual audio broad, broadcast if you're curious about it. Can we get sued? All right, hit no. it real quick. <laughs> it's not. Okay. Uh-uh. Whoever's playing it doesn't sound. It sounds like a piano. I mean, okay. It's I also get... video quality from back in the day versus now. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, but it's it was back okay. In the... Anyway, so but, uh, the biggest that's thing revolutionary is thinking, though. Looking at the cross X, if you look at diagrams of how zeppelins were, were built back then, or how blimp is built now, mm-hmm. or even you get to look at the diagrams of how a modern Zeppelin is being designed, and it is still the cross-X format. What What is a cross-X format? That's where you have basically your little box, uh-huh. but as we all know, a box from certain directions is incredibly strong. However, from certain directions, it's incredibly weak. Yeah. So you, think like a fence. Right. When you put up a fence, you've got, you know, if you just put four boards up there, mm-hmm. the, the fence wobbles and gives. Right. But if you put an X cross through the center of it, now suddenly it has dramatic rigid strength from all the directions you need it to have strength. Yeah. Is that kind of the reason why, like, in old, like, cottages and old, like, houses and everything, you see wood, wood but you also see, like, X shapes all across the house? Yes. 
that keeps the studs from swaying. That no, that, that, every, it does. It does make a huge difference. It, it, it just provided that tiny little bit of rigidity mm -hmm. without adding a lot of weight. Now, in the modern world, we have greatly refined the process of aluminum. Right. We have all different grades of aluminum. We have everything from aluminum foil to what we call aircraft grade aluminum and carbon fiber as well. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting into our carbons and Kevlars and all of the layering capabilities. So a modern Zeppelin that we're getting back to mm -hmm. because a lot of reasons. They're aesthetically pleasing. They look good. They don't make a lot of noise. They're very fuel efficient. They, yeah, because all you're really doing is it's a propeller more or less that you're, you know. It is, but to move, the so. capability with our knowledge now and especially the computerized capability to control tiny nuances of the craft. Yeah. Before, you had a pilot with a joystick, more right. or less. Yeah. Wow. I mean, basically, it was some kind of manual instrument tied to a human, and that's how you felt what's going on. Ask any race car driver, and they will tell you the amount of information they feel through their body from their race car. But now we have a computer that can make micro adjustments in milliseconds. Mm -hmm. So the ability to control it and the ability to get the lift really kind of, kind of starts to drive home a point Larry made earlier about, well, we got we to gotta move a really big piece of something. We'll pick on, I'm going to pick on the space program. Yeah. We need to get this rocket booster from point A to point B. We ain't got to do it fast. Right. Well, why not just have a the the right amount of zeppelin power pick this thing up and now you avoid the limitations of being able to travel with the parts on a truck or on a train mm -hmm. i feel like it's worth noting though before we get out of here because we only have a few minutes left about how it went up in flames oh okay well, of, that's debatable, though, right? They thought there was some static. There, well, was... you get into St. Elmo's fire. The one thing we have learned drastically in the ensuing years of, especially like if you drop a line down from a helicopter. Yeah, it creates. It, you know, it will, you know, they, they, they grab it with a grounding rod now because the first guy that went and grabbed one of those things got the bejesus yeah. shocked mm -hmm. out of him. Yeah. So. Uh, if you watch people do high-tension wire work, there's a lot of grounding that we do now mm -hmm. that we didn't really know about because sometimes you needed to be grounded and sometimes you, you didn't. Right. The atmosphere when it was trying to dock, and it was trying to dock, keep in mind the dock is way up in the air like an antenna. Right. There was a lot of moisture in the air. There was a lot of energy moving about. The poor Zeppelin had to make a number of maneuvers to get into place during these maneuvers, it's theorized that it ripped open a hydrogen bag somewhere. Therefore, it allowed hydrogen to mix with regular air, making it very, very flammable. And at this point, the smallest spark, whether it was static or St. Elmo's fire or whatever popped, was going to make a flame happen. Okay. Hey, well, hey, I wish we had more time, but we don't. But uh, the, the the thing is, the reason we bring this up is because the the Zeppelin is making a comeback. You might even see it, believe it or not, on construction sites. You might see it in delivery. There's one know. that looks like a flying butt. You might see <laughs> private Zeppelins. You can cruise around, little air-powered yeah. things. So they are coming back. We'll probably discuss it a little bit you know, in the future. The format, but, the framework of this thing, you will see the framework to this.
in buildings and construction all over the world. And our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration told us off the air he's getting a fleet of Zeppelins for the... For, for <laughs> Absolutely the correct. Uh, Larry, real quick, how do they get in touch with Brown Refrigeration? Give us a call, 901-362-1881, or, or you can check us out on the web at brownref.com. All right, well, it's time to get out of here, you guys. What a weird show. I make no apologies. <laughs> it is what it is. We'll see you next week on Tool Talk Radio. <laughs>